Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. That seems to be my catchphrase whenever I am on the air. I am Anthony Corona. I am representing BPI and students tonight for guided meditation. And it's gonna be a fun and interesting journey, not your typical guided meditation seminar. But before we get into the thick and thin of some meditations, I would like to introduce BPI's president, Re-elect. Congratulations, Mr. Gabriel Lopez Cafati. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Uh, this is, like Anthony said, a collaboration between BPI and ACB students. And uh, yes, I got re-elected for two more years under uh, the presidency of BPI. Those of you who know us, you're, we're Blind LGBT Pride International. We're celebrating 20 proud years of being a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. And uh, yeah, we are always happy to bring mind and body wellness to the ACB community, to our ACB family. Uh, Anthony is going to guide us through some guided meditation tonight. Uh, please join BPI in other events. This week, we're having a dating apps accessibility tomorrow. We're having a financial freedom on Wednesday at 3. And then one of my personal favorites, a staple of BPI, Wine Wisdom. We're not going to be able to clink in person, but we're going to be talking all about wine on Wednesday as well at, I believe, at 6 p.m. Then we have our happy hour to celebrate 20th anniversary of BPI on Thursday and uh, Thursday evening at 10 p.m. by invitation only. If you're interested in attending there to share another of BPI staples, please contact uh, someone from the board of directors of BPI if you know, and if not, try to email us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And to finish the week, we're gonna be having something similar, but on the yogi side on Friday at 3 p.m. Um, we're going to be having a relaxing yoga so that we can all unwind from this crazy virtual week. <laughs> so I'll let you uh, introduce uh, Antoinette, Anthony, and uh, you know you can always find BPI on the website. Uh, our webpage is blindlgbtpride.org. So before I introduce Antoinette, I do want to say one more time, the Dare to Share, our adult conversation slash get to know slash you never know where it will go party is by invitation only. It's membership, membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Hit us up with an email and we will give you the Zoom link one-on-one. -on -one. From ACB students, if you guys have been paying attention to the Facebook community group, then you probably know a lot about her, about her at this point. Antoinette, say hello and tell the folks about students. Hi everyone. So uh, first off, I want to say congratulations, Gabe. Um, and then also, uh, I'm Antoinette and I am the second vice Thanks. president of ACB students. Um, so I am actually uh, filling in for Min today. So uh, you can find us at, at ACB students on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to email Min, her email is president at acbstudents.org. 
And so I hope you guys enjoy. Well, we, uh, we as a organization definitely need to pay a lot of attention to these students because they are the leadership that is going to follow us. They are lots of energy and lots of great participation. So it's, keep your look, keep your eyes and ears tuned in to ACB students. I also want to say a, a quick congratulations to Byron, who is executive producing slash streaming this today. He was recently elected to the board of NextGen, a brand new affiliate with ACB. Congratulations, Byron. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And we have Mika running the controls. Mika, who you guys all know at this point. Mika, thank you for uh, helping us out. And there will be some time for discussion and some questions and stuff after the initial presentation. So please feel free once we get into that point to raise your hand and Mika will be the mistress of ceremonies from that point. Okay, guided I'm gonna break in real quick, actually, to give the CEU code. Oh, the code, yes. <clears throat> so the CEU code for this one, there's the opening code is C as in cat, eight, two, eight three again it's c as in cat eight two eight three all right so everybody who's going for that continuing education make sure that you stick around till the end so you can get that last code let's dive right into guided meditation um, I am actually not going to do a classic guided meditation session. I think that there are some amazing applications out there on some websites. You can do some personal guided meditation with a lot of life coaches out there. Um, two that I absolutely suggest is Calm and Breathe. Uh, they have some great stuff. And if you play around with the A-Lady and you ask her for various types of guided meditations, you will definitely find stuff that works for you. And that's the opening that I'm gonna use. What is gonna work for you? Guided meditation is a process to get your mind and body united and relaxed to release, release stress, release anxiety. It can be used to ramp yourself up for events or workplace things or, I mean, there's no limit to what you can use guided meditation for. It's really all about what you personally need. And so a lot of people, myself included, moons and moons ago would say, well, I can't really get to that um, yogi stage where my mind is completely clear. Um, meditation is not an end. It's not a product. It's not something that you know, like you're taking a test and you're going to get a, you know, one fixed answer. Meditation is telling and leading your brain to a place where you can relax and you can control the thought processes that are happening inside your brain. Um, so there's no right answer. There's no one way of doing it. And I, the purpose of the session that we're holding tonight is more along the lines of helping us create our own guided meditations for the things in life that we'd like to tackle. Having said that, I'd like to start with inventory. To be able to get yourself into a really good state for a guided meditation or just a relaxed, tranquil state, 
it's always good to take an inventory of where you are in the moment. I always suggest, you know, finding a nice quiet spot, maybe putting on some of that clinky, clinky, beautiful new age music or rainstorm or waves on the beach, something that will put you in that mode where you know that you're about to relax, you know you're about to go on a mind journey. And the reason, it's a ritual. If you tell your body that you're about to do something and then you follow through with actions that that convince your body that that's what you're doing, it'll be much easier for you to achieve the state that you're looking to achieve. So when I say inventory, I mean both mind and body. Take a couple of deep breaths, try as best as you can to clear out the space that is in your mind, and then start with your body. Start with your limbs. Anything going on there that I need to think about? No? Okay, cool. Or I've got a bracelet on, it is gonna distract me, let me take that off. Boom, you've done the inventory on your limbs. Then go to your trunk. Do I have anything going on? Am I hungry? If I'm hungry, I'm not going to achieve the state that I'd like to achieve. So maybe I should put press pause on that A-Lady device, go have myself a couple of cheese and crackers and a nice glass of milk, then come back and start all over. Once you've determined that there's nothing blocking your trunk, then you want to think about your head. First and foremost, physicality of it. Is your hair in the way? Is there earrings going on that are going to bother you if you want to lay down? So on and so forth. Once you've determined the physicality, then the second phase, the more important phase of inventory begins. That's when you take yourself through your last couple of hours or your day, if it's the end of the day, and you really assess what feelings and what thoughts you've had leading up to. Are you happy? Are you anxious? Are you frustrated? And once you identify those, you want to put them in the proper place. You want to take a deep breath in, identify that feeling, blow that breath out, and say, I recognize it. I put it aside so I can meditate. Now, you know, these are the words that I use. They work well for me. You can find your own balance on, on how to do this. Some people think it's hokey. Breathe in, gather up the feeling, breathe it out. I know for some anger management courses that I taught a long time ago, we spoke about going to a park or a lake or the beach or whatever. And when you start identifying, I'm angry at my mom, bring a bag of rocks with you pick up that rock. I'm angry at you, mom, and hurl it as far into the ocean as you can. It's sort of the same concept. You're taking the idea of the thought or the feeling that you're having and you're in your mind, placing it on a table, placing it on a shelf, putting it in another room, identifying it, understanding that you feel it, why you feel it, and then releasing it so that you can get to a greater state of relaxation, a greater state of openness for your guided meditation. And you wanna go through, you wanna be honest with, you know, with the feelings. There's nobody to tell you what's right or wrong and there's no feeling that is wrong. If you feel it, it comes from somewhere. What you do with the feeling may or may not be wrong, but that's a conversation for a, another seminar. 
once you've done that inventory and you've identified how and what you were feeling and put those feelings aside and you're in in a state to start a meditation then you set yourself up like i said earlier in either a laying down pose or a very relaxed chair and that's where that's where the your self-guided meditation will start um, I decided for this session to, to break it up into three different types, uh, sleep meditation, uh, meditation to center your mind and body for a little bit of romance, so to speak, and preparing for situations in the workplace. I am going to go with the preparing for situations in the workplace first, um, and so Again, this is, these are techniques that I have perfected for myself and other people that I have taught along the way. What I'm advocating is that you find, based upon the conversations that we're having tonight, and like I said, we will definitely open this up for some questions and answers, and maybe I can help you build a couple of guided meditations personally. Um, but once you, once you get to that state and you're ready to meditate, you should have already had a meditation plan in place. So for me, for the workplace, I like to think of my meditation as my desk. And my desk consists of my computer, uh, my work phone, three drawers to the side, and a little hutch where I keep all of the you know things that I don't need at every moment, but I might need throughout the day. And the reason I structure my meditation this way is because it, it, depending on what situation I want to deal with, I, I can visualize it by you know by using the the tool, the mind tools that are on my desk. So if I want to talk about if I want to set myself up for the best to write a report, let's say. I'm gonna, in my mind, put myself in my chair. I'm gonna set myself up right. I'm gonna give myself a moment to feel the arms of the chair, to feel the back of the chair. I'm gonna place my hands at the edge of the laptop. I'm gonna let my fingers find those keys, the FSDA and the JKL semicolon. All this is in my mind, but I'm gonna set myself up in there. Then I'm gonna pull one hand off and I'm gonna look at the folder that's sitting on the computer, that's sitting on the desk next to the computer that has all the stats and, and statistics that I need. Now, of course, in my mind, you know, like many of us, I'm sure we, we still see or we can see. For those people that don't think that way, then think about maybe your Victor Reader or recorder recording that you're gonna be basing your notes off of or the stuff that you have on one of your phones. Or if you want to even think about going, tapping from window to window on the computer, like I said, it's, you're really going to build this stuff for yourself. This is just how I do it. Um, I get myself into that state and then I start to visualize what I need the report to look like, what I need it to say, how I want to structure it. And from there, I, you know, I pull the things that I've been working on. Let's say it's, it's a report on buying wines. And that's a plug for our Wednesday wine event with Gabriel. But if it's a report on buying wines, I'm going to think of all the companies that I reached out to, the price quotes that they gave me. I'm going to start building that meditation in my head. And then when the feeling inside me has gotten to the point where I know I'm ready to write this report, 
I usually take five deep breaths and I into my own mind look at everything that I just that I just did, pull it all together, breathe out that last breath, and I start compiling my report. And the same thing, there's a lot of different work scenarios. I'm only gonna give us three tonight, but the same thing you're gonna build, we're gonna build our own meditations for the scenarios. So now you have a conference with your boss. So instead of placing my hands on the computer in my mind, now there's a cup of coffee, a steaming cup of coffee, with two sweet and lows and heavy cream because I can't get fat in my meditations, so I can use all the heavy cream I want. And I push the computer back, I take a sip of my coffee, and I start to do some nice deep breathing, and I think through whatever it is that I need to deal with with my boss. And I try to build an outline in my head, and for each bullet point that I know that I need to outline with that conversation, I take a sip of coffee. I smell it, I feel the warmth of the, of the cup in my hand, I then place it back on the desk, go to my next bullet point. I think that bullet point through. When I'm, when I'm happy with how it feels in my head, I mentally pick up my cup of coffee again. When I have outlined the conversation to the best of my ability, because of course it's a two-way conversation, I have no idea what she may or may not say, or he may not say, they may not say, um, but to the best of my ability, once I've outlined the things that I need to accomplish, I take that final sip of coffee, again, marking it off with five long, deep breaths, and then I'm ready to go have that, that conversation. The last workplace that I want to talk about is when I'm overwhelmed, which doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it is a mess, I have to tell you. Um, but when I'm overwhelmed and I really need to center myself, I do the same thing. I'm at my desk, I'm in my chair, I take a couple moments to feel myself in the chair, and then I look at the desk. And why is my workplace, why is this feeling happening? Because my mental workplace is scattered. My mental workplace is cluttered. My desk is full. So I start imagining the things that I need to take care of um, as files and staplers and all the things that are cluttering up my desk. And that's where the copy hole thing comes in because my drawers are for files and my, and things that, that are of my actual working environment. My cubby is for the, the scattered minutia stuff that adds to my work presentation, but isn't actually the work that I need to accomplish, like the stapler that I was talking about, or the carefully washed and rinsed mug from the coffee from earlier. That all needs to be placed in the cubby hole. And so I link whatever is going on in my work world to an item on the desk. I pick it up, I examine it, I realize what I need to do with it, and then I mentally place it in either one of the file drawers or in the cubby hole and those are my workplace meditations. Um, so I will now move on to sleep. Sleep is a funny thing. Everybody has their own 
pattern on how they can achieve their best sleep. Now, if you're like me and you have bouts of insomnia or if there are a lot of things going on in your life, you, find, you might find it very hard to actually achieve falling asleep or once you wake up in the middle of the night falling back asleep. That's where guided meditation can really, really help out. Um, again, you want to do your inventory. You want to really kind of clear your, instead of using the guided meditation to, to clear yourself of anxiety or, or hyperactivity or whatever it may be, you want to use your inventory as the first step of the actual guided meditation to kind of clear yourself of, of all of those feelings or emotions that are, that are in your head. Um, couple of sort of housekeeping notes on sleep. The best, the best way to achieve a good sleep pattern is to create a good sleep pattern. It's to try to find yourself a routine every night. Um, for me, it includes milk and cookies. <laughs> um, it includes getting myself into the same, the same space in the bed. It includes a little bit of, um, either a book or a little bit of guided meditation on one of the devices. Um, but you also want to train your body. You want to try to stick to time schedules, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, that's in a utopian world where everything's perfect and you can, you can say that you're going to be in bed by 1030 every night and you're going to have that nice, you know, glass of, of milk or whatever it is you want to have before you go to bed. It doesn't always work that way. And that's where guided meditation can really help out. For me, what I choose most of the time for sleep is twilight on the beach. And I imagine myself at the edge of the beach, lying on a really fluffy comforter. Like, I mean, like one of those warm soda down covered comforters, a down filled comforters that are like, you know, five, six inches thick. I mean, you know, it's meditation. It's in my mind. I don't have to take that home and wash it. You know, I can just pack it away in the mind, pull it back out, and there's not going to be any sand whatsoever the next time I need it. But anyway, I digress as I usually do. Them. Some of you guys who know me know that I can go off on tangents, but I'm going to stay focused. Nice, big, fluffy comforter. And I picture myself at the edge, like I said, as the tide is going to come in. And for me, I like to imagine with each breath, long, slow, deep breaths, that the wave is gently going over my toes and just about a quarter up my foot. Release the breath, the wave is receding. With the next breath, it's gonna come up to my ankles. And that water is so warm, it's the perfect temperature. This breeze is just that perfect caressing breeze. There's no dogs. There's no people building sandcastles. It's twilight. It's just me, the water, the stars. And so with each long breath, I feel the wave coming up over my calves and then my knees and then my thighs until it's up around my shoulders, my neck. It's touching my chin. And by that point, hopefully, I am in a state where I am already falling asleep and I'm not really hearing the clinky clinky or the rain or the birds or whatever. 
meditation aid I may have chosen for that evening. Um, lots of people that I have, um, you know, that I have helped with guided meditation in the past like to, they like the imagery of writing a magic carpet. A lot of people um, in a sailboat, for some reason, a lot of people seem to connect with, a, you know, a very slow moving and, and they picture themselves. They're at the shore and then, you know, they're five feet away from the shore and then the waves are starting to gently rock the boat. And like I said, it's a personal thing, whatever, whatever is going to make you feel the most calm. What you're trying, what you're trying to achieve with the sleep is with each, for me, with each wave that comes up my body, I'm releasing the tension in my toes and feet. I'm releasing the tension in my calves. I'm allowing my brain to trick my body. I'm allowing my brain to, to have the authority that it actually has to tell my body, okay, it's time for you to release that tension. It's time for you to get into sleep mode. So each wave is, is pulling, it's caressing me and pulling the tension out as it recedes. Um, for some, you know, like I said, for some people, let's take the sailboat thing, for instance, each rock to the left, each rock to the right is another layer of stress that they like. They don't want to do each body part specifically. I like the, the imagery of each body part being caressed and being coaxed of its of its stress, of its tiredness, of its being, you know, used all day long, that the waves are coaxing all of that out of me and taking it and, and recycling it back into the ocean where it will be turned into energy for fish and whales and dolphins. And again, I'm starting to digress, but this is what happens. And like I said earlier, there's no really wrong way to meditate. Classic Forms of meditation will, you know, the goal is to completely relax your mind, no thoughts, empty it of all thoughts, of all feelings. A lot of people, especially in, you know, this day and age, it's, it's, it's hard to release your mind from any thoughts at all. So if you give yourself the permission to take your thoughts away layer by layer, and not necessarily have to achieve this place of Zen, you're gonna be a lot more successful and like practice, like riding a bike, like you know, manicuring nails, like all the things that you do in life, the more you do it, the more efficient, the better, the quicker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Except you don't really wanna think about it in an efficient, quick way. You just kind of want to fall deeper and deeper into letting yourself training yourself, telling your body how to let go of the stresses and strains of the day. So that's sleep. Um, you know, and again, it's, you build your own, but I'm, I'm hoping that as I'm talking, you're getting ideas in your head about the meditations that you could use to retrain your brain, to refocus your brain, and then help, help your brain Give your body the commands that it needs so that you can get to the states and places that you want to be in. Now, romance. This is where it gets fun. For me, 
when I want to center my mind and body for romance, I do it in three stages. Um, the first stage, as with all of the meditations that I've spoken about, is doing my inventory, checking out how my body and my mind and my feelings are before I get myself in the state. If it's romance in my own home, then I like to set up a space with scents and sounds. Sometimes it's a bath, sometimes it's in my bed and there's some candles and some really soft Sarah McLaughlin or Tony Braxton going on. I will definitely pamper myself a little bit with some Bath and Body Works or um, I know this is so tacky, but I really, really like this one scent silk something from Victoria's Secret. It's not overly feminine, but it's just like one of the, it's just this really nice champagne kind of smell. But I digress, as I usually do. Um, so the second stage is creating the space after I've done the inventory, creating the space. And then the third stage is creating in my mind what it is that I'm looking to achieve. So if I am having some romance in my own home, like I said earlier, I'm going to set the bedroom up that way. And I'm going to put myself on the bed with those sounds, with the candles, so on and so forth. And I'm going to, as best as I can, clear my mind of all thoughts. And I'm going to one by one take the features of the person that I want to have romance with. I'm just going to focus first on hands. And then I'll, it's like in those movies where you see somebody coming back from invisibility. This is my meditation that way. I see the hands first. Then I see the arms. Then I see the shoulders and the trunk. And I create the whole body before I create the head and face. Um, because those are the most those are the most intimate features. So, well, I mean, there are a couple of others that we won't talk about on, on ACB radio, but I digress again. I will then create the, the hands and the features. And in my mind, I have my space already laid out and physicality in, in the actual physical, the, the candles or whatever it is that I want to set for the mood. But in my head, I've also created the same space and I will invite that person into the space with me and little by little i will you know maybe we'll dance a little bit or we'll stand at the window and, and listen to the sounds outside or but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go too deep into that but it's it will get my body into into that that feeling my body will be ready it'll be stress-free it will be relaxed my mind is more relaxed and the things that happen when the person is actually physically in my space and not just in my head are a lot better than if I just were winging it. If I'm going to set myself up to go out for the evening on a date or possibly with my friends to a bar, but I'd like to, you know, blind date with someone or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I change the process before I actually pick out what I'm going to wear, before I actually get in the shower and all that, I put myself in either a comfortable chair or the sofa and I envision. I envision my getting ready process. I do the same thing. I take my inventory, I take some deep breaths, and then I go into my closet in my mind and I start looking at the things 
the possibilities of what I want to wear. I start laying out my comb and the gel and hairspray that I'm going to use, the deodorant I'm going to use, like mentally go through my colognes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then once I actually physically get ready, I then put myself exactly back in the same spot on the couch or the comfortable chair. And then I envision the next, the next couple of steps of the night whether it be getting picked up by paratransit or I'm going to have to, you know, hop on the ferry and go into Manhattan. You guys know I used to live in New York. Um, but I envision, I envision that part of it. And then I take some deep breaths. I do the same thing. I envision that first moment where I'm going to meet the person, where we're going to be having dinner, et cetera, et cetera. But then I stop myself right there. I don't want to, I don't want to overthink, overanalyze and have too many expectations in my head. I keep it all about me. Once I, once I've met that person in my mind, I shut it down so that hopefully I'm centered enough at that point that my heart's not rapidly beating or I'm not going to be doing all the what ifs in my head. And sometimes it works better than others. There are times where, you know, maybe I am actually physically on the ferry and I'm starting to get anxious and stuff. And so what I do in that case scenario is to just close my eyes for a few minutes, put myself right back on the couch and go through the inventory in my mind again. Okay, why am I feeling anxious? What am I most nervous about? Okay, what's, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen at this point? And then I take that feeling and I breathe it out. Um, and so those are my guided meditations in those areas and how I came to, you know, how I come to, to try to center my mind and body. And now I want to open it up for some discussion. And if you would like to raise your hand, tell me your name, where you're from, and if you've had any meditation experience and why you came to tonight's event and, and what you'd like, you know, what you'd like to leave knowing or, or learning or experiencing. Mika, do we have anyone waiting to talk? Am I still connected? Okay, can you hear me now? I can. I'm okay. sorry about that. I was trying to unmute myself. <laughs> okay. So, um, so raise your hand if you called in on a phone um, using a keypad. It's star nine. If you are using the app, there should be a raise hand button. If the app on your phone or tablet, there should be a raise hand button within the app. Um, it's Alt-Y if you're on a PC and Option-Y if you're on a Mac. And while people are raising their hands, I am going to, I'm going to ask the question. So, um, and my name is Mika. I live in Federal Way, Washington. And, um, and I'm here not only because I'm hosting it, um, <laughs> but also because, um, so I don't really think that I'm very good at meditation. Like it always has felt kind of woo woo to me in some ways. Like, and I felt like I've never really, you know, like whenever I've tried, I feel like I've always fallen asleep or 
or you know like i i feel like i i can't really kind of go in into it like for the long haul and um and so i would like to know what you would say to someone like me who just kind of feels like they're a failure at this whole like meditation meditation thing uh, well, I will tell you first and foremost that that's exactly how I felt for years. Um, you know, I, I, I can't clear my mind. There's always something going on there. Sometimes there's even two voices arguing with each other. And, you know, that's not for me. And, you know, somebody handed me a crystal and said, oh, hold this in your palm and focus your energy on. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... The thing is, there's really no wrong way to meditate, and there's really no standard universal right way to do it. You know, the Buddhists will tell you this is this is what you achieve. You know, in their in their um, philosophy, in their way of doing it. Um, but the goal and the key for meditation is to just take take your 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 body, mind, and you know your feelings, your all of it and bring it to a more relaxed, a more calm state than it was beforehand. There really is no right or wrong way to do it. And that's why I wanted to structure the session tonight this way, because if for you, meditation is, you know, maybe you're at a Billy Joel concert. I don't know if you like Billy or not, but I'm just, you know, substitute Gaga or James Brown or James Taylor. <laughs> but anyway, you know, if for you, you know, you're at a Billy Joel concert and you're listening to, you know, him just going off on that piano for 20 minutes and that, and that's your meditation, then God bless. You know, there really is. And what I will also say is um, to that question, the more, the more you relax into, into just listening and feeling your body, your, your thoughts, your insights, the, the easier your version of meditating will become. That's why the inventory is really so important because once you, you know, once you know what's going on with yourself, both physically and mentally, it, it's so much easier to kind of take yourself to the place you want to go to. Okay. So, Thank you. Well. You're welcome. Um, our next question is from Rita. I know you, Rita. If you can unmute yourself. Before Rita asks her question, I also, um, I didn't see this. If you guys, if there's anyone out there that has a specific situation that they want to build a meditation for, please feel free. We can explore together with that too. And welcome, Rita. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm from uh, Southern Illinois. And um, I have a question about a lot of times when I try to meditate, I'm, I'm a very analytical type person. And so I find myself, you know, constructing lists in my head when I'm trying to, you know, meditate. And then I was like, okay, stop it. And then I start over again and try to clear, you know, the thoughts. And then sometimes the thoughts just keep coming. There's like, Oh, I got to get up and write that down, you know? <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how to slow some of that thought uh, process uh, down. Okay. That's, um, that's a great, and Mika, let's keep everyone unmuted until we're done just in case there's any follow-up, but that's, that's a great observation slash question slash 
So honestly, you should actually turn that into your advantage. So first and foremost, keep, um, you know, keep a, a, a voice recorder or something next to, next to where you're going to meditate because sometimes you do really come up with those brainstorm ideas and it's like, you know what, I can finish meditating later. I really actually have to record this, you know, make sure or if you have enough <laughs> sight. You can actually write it down. So, you know, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, there are sometimes that, you know, I'm, I do actually love to take an actual bath and, you know, that's where I will, I will start a meditation. And, and then all of a sudden, just like you said, you know, the thought process and I'm like, okay, you know what? I will absolutely pause this because this is something that I need to, that I need to record or, or, or remember later on. Um, so give yourself permission first off is, is what I would say to that. And secondly, use that to your advantage. Um, the inventory, like I've said, you know, uh, quite a few times tonight, the inventory is really very, it, it's a tool that will help immensely if you take it piece by piece. Um, you know, okay, so I needed to achieve all of these things today and I got six out of 10 of them done. Boom. Okay. So I still need to do these four things. I'm going to put that on this shelf and so on and so forth. Okay. I'm feeling down today. Why? Okay. COVID is really banging me up the head, down the back. It's kicking my <laughs> posterior. I didn't get out walk today, so on and so forth. Okay. Now you've identified that, put that on a shelf somewhere. But if, you know, if you're a person who loves, and I love post-its. So once in a while, you know, work-wise, I actually start putting post-its all up over my cubicle in my head um, while I'm doing my inventory, because, you know, I take the list, take the listing that you like to do and make it part of your, make it part of your meditation. Maybe, you know, the best meditation for you is to, you want to create, you know, a vision board in your own mind and you want that, you know, those bright colored markers and you're going to write some things in red and some things in purple and some things in yellow and make that part of your meditation. And with each, with each thing that you, that you write, you're, you're acknowledging it, you're giving it its space, but then you're also letting it go. And you're allowing yourself to get to the next thought and use that for your meditation. Possibly. That, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, uh, you know, to acknowledge something and then to let it go. Because I've, I've, uh, you mentioned this previously, and that I think is very helpful, a very helpful point. I think one of the biggest things that, that we as humans do is we run down the rabbit hole of what ifs. And that's one of the hardest things to retrain your brain It's you to not play with the what ifs, you know, you have to in the inventory. Um, so you'll find, uh, you know, you sound a lot like how I was when I first started trying to meditate. Um, you'll find that you do a whole lot more of the actual inventory in the beginning than you actually do of the meditation. And, and, you know, if this is something that you're really interested in and you really want to, to train your mind and your body to react certain ways, um, then stick with it because the inventories will get shorter and shorter and the meditations will, will be easier and easier to achieve that state of relax, that state of, of being able to, and sometimes it's not fully relaxed that you want to, you just want to achieve clarity and focus and so on and so forth. And knowing that, and, you know, and recognizing that when you go into it in the inventory is, is so much key. 
All right. Thank you, Rita, for your question. Next up, we have Lynn. Lynn, if you could unmute yourself, please. Hello, uh, this is Lynn Corral in Olympia, Washington. And I have a suggestion for people who have a problem meditating. Mindfulness is a very good way to do it. And um, can, you, can, you, can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, so um, I've been meditating for a long time. I have a lot of chronic pain, so I find meditating very relaxing. And I think that don't give yourself a hard time, Mika. Nobody should give themselves a hard time because if you can even do a five or ten minute meditation, just quiet your mind and it doesn't matter what your thoughts are and don't give you a hard time if you have thoughts because mm -hmm. everybody does. Just do the best thing you can do to breathe um, with very long breaths so that you get into a relaxed space. And mindfulness is, I think, um, I think if meditation turns people off because they think it's too woo-woo-woo-woo, then mindfulness is a good thing. What do you think about that, Anthony? Uh, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I would go so far as to say, you know, for some people, myself included, that if you achieve a minute, a minute and a half of it the first time, score. You won. Um, you, you've hit that first that first round. You know, I, I live, my father, my father gave me all kinds of mottos. Some of them are cliches, but I, I live by a lot of mottos. And the first, you know, the first step is always the hardest. Well, yeah, it's a little bit or a lot of a cliche, but why is it a cliche? Because it's rooted in truth. The first time you do something, it's always going to be the hardest time you do it because you don't know it. You don't know any better. But the more you do it, the more the more you relax into it. And even if by the tenth time you sit down, you're still at the five or ten minute mark. Who cares? Um, yeah. Who cares? Exactly. There's no race. There's no teacher at the, you know, at the head of the class that's going to say, well, you know, Mika, you know, you're not doing this right. Because the, the, the truth is, it's right when it's right for you. There's, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just being, it's just learning to read yourself, understand yourself, and then release the things inside so that you can get to the space that you really want to get to. We're so hard on ourselves, very hard on ourselves, and it's the worst thing that we can do. We, we blame ourselves for everything, and I just think that we have to realize that we can deal with this, and it doesn't matter how much time it is, and not give ourselves a hard time. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Lynn. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there are not any other hands up right now. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I lied. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Give me just a moment. And a reminder, if anybody wants to give me specific scenarios that they'd like to work on, I'd love to help you create your own meditation. But who do we have, Mika? All right. Um, Jessica, if you could unmute yourself, please. Can you hear me? Yes. We can. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say, firstly, thank you for this session. It's been really great. Um, my question is, um, so when you first started to meditate, like, did you find certain um, sources of meditation, like guided meditation that you can kind of listen to on your phone helpful? Or did you just kind of 
you know, download some relaxing sounds and try to create your own? Um, so when I, you know, at the top of the presentation, I, I said that calm and breathe were two that I really did like. There's a lot of different options um, in both of those. And honestly, no, for me, and this is for me and me alone, um, the, the guided meditations that, that are online and that are out there, um, I, it, it, they were too much they would trigger too much thoughts in my, in my head. Um, and I had the hardest time, I had the hardest time kind of letting go and letting, you know, the subconscious part of my brain interact. And that's part of what a lot of those, those standard guided meditations, you know, encourage you to do. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. For a lot of people that works wonderfully. They need that, that specific story, that specific guided path um, to get there. And I encourage you to I encourage you to try a lot of different things. Um, what what ended up working the best for me, um, and again, it did none of it worked until I really figured out the whole inventory process. Um, but what really worked for me was was finding sounds, finding sounds and putting a scent. I love stress relief, the eucalyptus spearmint from Bath and Body Works. Um, so candles, the room spray, you know, I'll even, you know, take a shower first and, um, you know, pamper myself with the cream and so on and so forth, but scent and sound, um, and quiet, like, you know, everything else quiet is what worked for me. But a lot of people, a lot of people swear by some of a lot of the guided meditations out there. And I do know, um, you know, playing around with the A-Lady or Google Home, there are so many different ways. And, and I suggest just trying out a bunch of them and seeing what feels, what feels right for you. But if you really, really think that you have a busy mind, instead of trying those first, try the inventory and try to get in touch with your, you know, your own inside um, a couple of times before, before you try an actual guided meditation like that. Have you, um, I just have a follow-up question. Have sure. you used meditation? Um, cause I, I just, I'm a very, I'm a worry wart. Like I always worry about anything and everything, which is why I have trouble sleeping. So I didn't know if you had any like, um, specific tips on how to use meditation to relieve stress or anxiety. Um, so what I would say the way I'm going to answer that is no, um, not the meditation itself. The meditation should be the reward for the inventory that you do beforehand. Um, and really think about it like inventory. So I'm stressed. I'm anxious. Okay. Well, why am I stressed? Why am I anxious? It's everything. It's everything. Well, everything isn't an answer. Everything is, is a cop out. Everything is, is an excuse. So what does everything mean? Okay, let me take it apart piece by piece. You know, is my household in order? You know, is it, am I worried because there's dishes in the sink? I didn't vacuum, there's two dogs in the house, there's hair all over. No, I cleaned my butt off today, so it's not that. Okay, do I have something going on work-wise? Ding, 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 ding. I really do not want to participate in this meeting on Tuesday. That's one of the things, that's one of the everything. Um, you know, in, in the end, I'll go through the inventory literally piece by piece in my life. Where's my sister? Where is my niece and nephews? What's going on with them? Okay. Am I anxious for any reason about them? 
No. Or if I am, then I, you know, I'll look at the situation. Okay. My niece, you know, is in New York city with my five-year-old great nephew and there's COVID. Do I know that they're taking care of, you know, that she's taking care of the two of them, so on and so forth. Okay. There's nothing that I can do. There's no value that I can add to that situation. So I'm acknowledging that I'm worried for them. I'm scared for them. But as long as I stay in contact with them and know that they're okay, there's no need for me to worry tonight. So I'm going to relieve my, I'm going to give myself the physical permission to not worry about them tonight. And, and again, it's so much easier said than done. And, and with practice, it gets better and better. But in the inventory with all of those things, like in my mind, you know, like the example that I said about the, the anger management and the rocks, in my mind, I like to put it into a physicality and release it. So I'm going to put the, you know, sometimes it's throwing the rocks. Sometimes it's putting it in a balloon and letting it fly up into the stratosphere. You know, sometimes it's literally putting it in a box or a jar and putting it on the shelf. You know, I love them. I'm not, you know, there's, there's no way not to be a level of worried for them, but I'm going to release myself from being worried tonight because I know they're okay and there's nothing I can do to change their situation. And little by little, you know, I, I learned I learned to, it's basically, tra I trained my own brain to, to believe, um, to believe th the things that my mind was telling it to believe. And the same thing, I trained my mind to believe what I wanted it to believe. I, hope um, I, I have another sure. question for you. Sure. Anthony. Um, so I wanted to know if you could build, give us some tips about building a meditation around trying things that maybe you haven't tried before that might be, you know, things that maybe make you afraid that you know that you kind of have to do it or that you want to, but you're really feeling um, there's a great deal of anxiety surrounding it. And so what is a meditation that you can use so that you have, like, give yourself an opportunity to have the highest chance of success? Well, I, so that to answer that in general would be hard, but what, I think for some people take something like completely above the, the pay grade, so to speak of, of those feelings. Like, okay, you know, you don't want to start an exercise program. So then build yourself a self-meditation about, you know, uh, um, competing in an Olympic, uh, an Olympic event. You know, set, set yourself into that space. Tell your body what it would feel like. Tell your mind, you know, how you want it to feel and things like that. And then, you know, and then kind of take it a notch down a day later or two days later or so on and so forth. Um, can you give me, can you give me a, a, a general kind of scenario you're talking about that you, you'd think of? Oh, sure. Um, so, you know, maybe you have like a big job interview, for example, or you've been asked to speak publicly or, you know, something like that. Okay. All right. So, you know, in, in, in all of those, um, in the, all of those kind of situations, I think the inventory is is going to be more helpful than the actual meditation itself. The meditation should sort of come as the, you know, the whipped cream and the cherry on top. Um, and so go through the, the inventory of, okay, so I have this, let's, let's go with the job interview scenario. I have this job interview. I really want this job. 
So first and foremost, I would start to inventory. So if I don't get the job, how am I going to feel? How do I want to feel? How am I going to feel? How do I get a, 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 middle, a middle road between those two? Or how do I actually get to exactly how I want to feel about it? How would it feel if I get the job? Okay, now that I know how it would feel when I get the job, what do I really need to, to project to, to this scenario? Um, you know, and I would kind of build the meditation around putting, you know, putting all my files in, you know, a great briefcase, putting on a great power suit, um, you know, doing, putting a couple of accessories on that, you know, and then taking that route, taking that walk down the hall from the secretary, from the waiting off, you know, the waiting room with the secretary to knocking on that door to stepping into that door all the while, you know, telling yourself, you know, I'm going to be poised. I'm going to be articulate. I'm going to be so on and so forth. And, and I would do this, you know, if you know you have a job interview, let's say, you know, two weeks out, three weeks out, um, I would build up to it little by little. At first, I, you know, I would do the inventory on, you know, how I'm going to feel for those things. And then the next day I would add a layer to it and add a layer to it and add a layer to it. Um, what I wouldn't do is actually go through the interview. I wouldn't play that game with myself in my mind. I would get myself to the door where I shake the man or, the man or woman's hand that I'm going to be interviewing with, you know, and be asked to come in and have a seat. Um, and I would stop myself there because it's all about building. It's all about building the confidence, you know, um, the last couple of times for me, and, and this is just for me, you have to tweak it for your, you know, your own mindset. But for me, the last couple of meditations would literally be walking down that hallway and telling myself the things that I want to feel, the things I want to project. And if I'm feeling anything in, the, in that moment that I don't want to feel, that I don't want to carry in that room with me, I'd be mentally, you know, taking it out of the pocket and throwing it off to the side, finding a garbage can, you know, in my own mind to throw away all those things that I don't want to bring in that room. Right, thank you. Um, I do not currently see um, other hands up here just yet. I did put a, a hand up over here in the uh, panelists tab. Oh, really? Byron. Okay. Hi. Um, I'm sorry, Byron. That's okay. I'm Hi, Byron. <laughs> I just thought you'd just break in, you know? <laughs> Just very briefly, because I know we're short on time. Um, someone who, like me, who has a steel trap brain, um, when I'm laying in bed, I'm constantly thinking about about a million things. And the only thing that gets my mind on one track is to listen to a book or a podcast or talk radio. Um, someone like that, is there any hope for me? Like, because <laughs> I would love to be able to do things like meditate, but I just think too much. And I have to have like radio or something to keep my brain on one thing. Yes. Um, there's a lot of things, a lot of things you can do. Um, first and foremost, keeping, you know, keeping a notebook or, or a pad or something next to the bed and forcing yourself to, to, so uh, one of the things, you know, it's a different sort of inventory is when you're, you know, when you're laying there, um, turn the books, turn the podcast off and put on some very, very, um, non, um, interactive kind of music for whatever that may be, New Age, Anya, um, you know, um, the Beach Boys, 
Madonna, you know, something that's not going to interact, that's not going to interact you. Um, you know, I wouldn't put on for you. I know you well, I wouldn't put on any kind of comedy music because your brain's going to get into that space with it. Um, but then I wouldn't write down every thought that I have. So as thoughts start coming into your brain, you want to try to inventory it. Okay. Why am I thinking this? What do I need to do with this? So on and so forth. Okay. You know, I know there's nothing I need to do with this thought. I want to put it away. And if the thought is still in your head after give yourself you know, like a, maybe a 20 beat kind of thing. I, I wouldn't be looking at clocks or anything. The goal is to try to, is to try to relax yourself as much as possible. So after three or four attempts of saying, okay, you know, there's nothing I need to do with this thought, um, then write it down, actually write it down and turn the pad over, turn the, or turn the page or something. Um, and if, if after a little while that's still not working, then literally, you know, maybe do loosely paper or post-its, write it down, uh, or I'm sorry, record it and then erase it. Um, you know, it's, oh, yeah. so, you know, it's a, a, a lot of people get very upset with me when I say this sentence, but if you really take it to its barest level, think of your brain like your guide dog or, or another pet that you may have had to train. You really, you really just, you need to set, clear boundaries in your own brain and you need to literally you need to train it it doesn't it, once or twice is just a, it's just it's just trying something four or five times it's experimenting once you've hit the fifth time you're now in a practice of it and like everything else you know like everything else in life practice practice makes perfect um although there's no, you know, there's no true set of perfection. Every time you think you've hit perfect, there's a new plateau to explore. But um, there is most definitely help. Um, and as far as sleeping, I'm sorry, I just hit the mic. I hope that didn't hurt everybody's ears. As far as sleeping is concerned, um, you know, one of the things scientifically, the worst thing that you can do actually is to fall asleep with any kind of media on because then your brain actually never hits, never hits that level of sleep. There's a part of your brain that's always interacting with that media going. Um, you really, you, you know, meaning television, movies, um, pre-recorded books, or or music with lyrics. Anything that you know, you're, there's a part of your brain, even though you're sleeping, that's still interacting with with that media. Um, so setting a sleep timer or something and making sure that that media goes off, you know, so that your brain can, can then relax into that next level of sleep is really important. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. I, I don't know if you guys had other things you wanted to talk about. I need to get um, off of ACB radio to make room for other things. But if you want to give that CEU code and then um, continue on with whatever, if anybody else had questions or whatever. I can Gosh. do that. Um, the closing, excuse me, the closing CEU code is, okay, just had to make sure I got my E's and my C's not mixed up. Okay. <laughs> e is in everything, C as in cat, nine, two, and then E as in everything. Again, it's E as in everything, C as in cat, nine, two, E as in everything. 
And before we get off, if anybody out in listening land has any questions or comments, you can please feel free to email me at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Thank you so much for guided meditation. Hopefully we'll see you at the, hear you at the rest of the BPI events. Enjoy the virtual path to the future. Good night. Thank you.